0: Good morning. Good morning. Okay, we said to say hello. What we are doing this morning is called Connection Sunday, and it's continuing our, our, our series. As we move forward, let's take a time and pray for not only the offering that will be given today, but for our time together. So let's pray together. Father, I'm excited to be here this morning and so grateful for everyone who is here. Lord, May this community be used by you to affect the world around us, locally as well as globally. And so, Father, we ask that you would bless the offering, all the money that is brought in and is collected. We ask your anointing to be on it so that your purposes will be served in Genesis. Lord, may you guide us, give us wisdom, how to use the finances wisely and effectively, And may we have the resources necessary to do all that you put on our hearts. May we take ownership, Father, of the work that is taking place in and through this community. And may this morning be a time that connects us to what you desire to do in and through us. We do pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, to explain what's happening here this morning, the tables and all that's going on. We are going through a series called Our Core Values. And for the last two weeks, we've been talking about these core values. And with these core values, we have given five metaphors. And just as there are elements for the environment around us, we talked about wind, the first, and wind was that Mission is why the church exists. And the metaphor of wind was how God moves in and through his people. We saw how the word pneuma is used for wind, for spirit, for breath. And just as Jesus breathed on his disciples and sent them out, the Spirit of God is still breathing on his people and his desire is for us to go. And so we are here. Mission is why the church exists. It's to reach out. Last week, Michael did a masterful job on water. Thank you, Michael. And Michael talked about water, and water was the metaphor for love is the context for all mission. The reason we do what we do is because love motivates us. And we saw that anyone who comes to Jesus and him will receive that living water, water, And even though Michael didn't like the wind because it messed up his hair, he talked about how love is something and water is something that we need to survive, and it is the character of God. You know, the reason they take pizza to the skate park is because they love the people there, and even that... Just illustration of the guy, really? You brought this for me? It was very touching as we see how love is able to reach every individual. And so love is the foundation of our mission. The reason we go is because the love of God compels us and we move forward. And these earthly elements are to help connect us to the spiritual environment that we also need. And just as we need the air and we need the water, we need the work of the Spirit. We decide what we do here at Genesis based on these five values. They are a part of what we do and how we do the things that we do. And so today we're going to be talking about wood, and the idea here is connection, that structure must always submit to Spirit. And when we're talking about wood, we're not talking about, you know, dead pieces of wood that you might buy at a lumberyard to build a frame for a house or to to make something. We're talking about living things. We're talking about like a tree or a vine that is growing, something that is indeed dynamic. And so turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and we're going to begin here. Jesus is speaking and he says, "'I am the true vine,' verse one. "'And my Father is the gardener. "'He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. "'While well, every branch that does bear fruit, "'he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. "'You are already clean "'because of the word I have spoken to you. "'Remain in me as I also remain in you. "'No branch can bear fruit by itself. and he gives an illustration of a vine. And, and I don't know if any of you have ever seen a vineyard, if any of you have ever gone like wine tasting up in Napa. Oh no, I know this is church, we don't say things like that, but Jesus made wine and okay, so you're okay. If you go and you see those vineyards, it's amazing just this line of, of vines and, and you know they make it so it's nice and pretty, but naturally vines don't just grow in that way they're wild they grow everywhere if you have a, a vine a grapevine, and you just let it go it'll just go everywhere and he gives this illustration because there is the main vine but then there are all these branches that come from this vine and from that, then produces fruit. And so we see this progression. The fruit is connect, connected to the branches. The branch is connected to the vine. The vine is growing in the earth. And so this metaphor of wood is that of a living organism, something that is alive and growing. And it's important that we recognize something here because I, I think we, especially in the Western culture, reinterpret Scripture based on our viewpoints. And so really what we need to do is recognize that there is a new you that we need to understand. We read the scriptures, but we read it in a very individualistic way. And so when we went through this passage and we said, or we saw that Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. How many thought you was you specifically? Right? Right? Oh, that's me, I'm the... But branches is plural. You see, when Jesus is saying you, he's not talking about an individual, he's talking to a group. He's talking to his disciples. He is using this illustration and he's saying branches as many. And so many times in the scripture, when we see the word you, and we interpret it as very individual me, it's actually meant to be inclusive of a group you are the light of the world who is Jesus talking to he was talking to the multitudes here you thought it was just you he meant it to include many and so many of those scriptures that we take and hold on to how about Jeremiah 29 11? I know the thoughts that I have towards you says the Lord right? To bring you a hope and a future. The thoughts are good. How many thought that that's just for me? I need that one right now. Good God, that's me. But he's talking to the nation of Israel. And and do you see how we've taken the scripture and made it very personal and very individualistic when really what God is saying, I'm talking to you. You are the branches. You are are the light of the world. I know the thoughts I have towards you. And the problem is when we start thinking of us as an individual, we start excluding those around us when at the beginning it was always meant to include those around us. You see, we know we can do nothing without the vine. Jesus said so. Without me, you can do nothing. But do you realize that you are limited if you are not connected to each other? that you need one another just like you need that vine. You know, when you get a bushel of grapes, that's what it is, right? I think it's a bushel. It's, yeah, something like that, right? I'm not a great person. I mean, a bunch, a bunch of grapes. (laughs) Technical terms we use here. You get a bunch of grapes, right? They're connected, You don't just go and pull one grape out of the ground. Oh, I got my grape. You know, I'm going to go plant a grape. You do that with carrots. But grapes come in bunches because that's how they work. You are connected to each other. And when Jesus says, you are my branches, you should look around because he's talking not just to you, but he's talking to the people around you. When he says, you are the light of the world, he's not talking just to you. He's talking to you and all the people who are around you. When he says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, it's not just the individual. Oh, yes, it is the individual, but the individual belongs to a bigger collective. And you see, to be a bright light to this world, it's going to take more than just you. To produce fruit, it's going to take more than just you. Oh, you can produce, but when you are together, you can produce so much more. So many great things, collaborations that have taken place throughout history is connecting people with each other. One person has an idea, another person builds on that idea, and then it becomes a great idea. One person is good at, you know, design, another person is good at marketing, and now they have a business that flourishes. you got Lennon, McCartney, great songs, you know, you needed them both to get the Beatles. Well, you needed George and Ringo too, but all these things took something else. And so when we read this passage, don't think of it as individualistic. Don't think of it as just you. It's not about you. It's about the bigger you. You need to rethink how you read that word in the passage. And now you means us. It means we. It's not just I. And you see, spiritual maturity cannot exist outside of healthy relationships. Have you noticed that? If someone is going to be what we would say, spiritually mature, it has to be involving other people. No one is mature apart from everybody. That takes place in interaction with people because people are the ones we contend with, that we have to deal with and how you respond and react to people shows your level of maturity. It's easy to be mature by yourself. I'm very mature until someone talks to me and then my maturity is tested that idiot well that wasn't very mature well it wasn't my fault it was them no it's you You see spiritual maturity is involving our relationship with one one another i have known people and you probably have too people who know the scripture I mean, people that you start saying one thing and they'll finish the scripture for you, right? You start saying a scripture and they go, oh, yeah, I know the scripture. And they spit it out. Thank you. I was going to say that, but thank you for finishing my my words for me. And they just know the Bible backwards and forwards. But man, they're just jerks. I don't know how to put it any other way. You, You think of them and you're like, man, that person just is abrasive. That person is mean. That person is rude. Maybe jerk was the right word. Yeah, you know, it's just, man, what's with you? You know the scripture, but when it comes to interaction, you're just offsetting. Is that person mature spiritually? No, because we're to love one another. We're to not think of our own interests, but think of the interests of others, to place others, esteem them as more important than ourselves. And when someone doesn't do that, we see that their maturity is actually lacking. And so it needs others to connect to that maturity and, and to connect to God, okay? Spiritual maturity isn't going to exist outside of those relationships. And in the same way, vibrant and spiritual ministry is not going to exist apart from one another. It's got to include each other if it's going to be dynamic and interdependent of other believers will just bring us down. But together we can then produce fruit. And so our branches are fused together. As we take up the task to serve and to do a work, we connect not only to that work, but we connect to each other. And servanthood becomes for us the practical expression of God's love that overflows from our hearts. We do this because we love. Love is the context of all mission. And now we are going to respond together to that work and to that thing. And so how we respond is very important because God works in a dynamic way, not in a stagnant way. And the reason we use the word for, or wood for the metaphor is because that branch is alive. Have you ever seen a, a tree that's growing by the telephone wires? It happens on 11th Street by my house. Every now and then you see the crew, there there and they have to work and these trees grow up and then they encounter this big metal cable and it just moves around it. And it's amazing. It'll actually engulf the whole thing. Why? Because you can't stop me. I'm going to grow. Oh, you can put a cable in front of me, but I'll find a way around it. Why? Because that's what I do. I'm alive, and I'm working. And as obstacles come in my way, I still can grow. When my kids were little, I used to play with Legos. Well, they used to play with... I used to show them how to play with Legos. I did it for their sake. And you would get working on this project. You know, you're going to make a Millennium Falcon or some, you know, Star Wars thing or fire station, whatever. And you're putting them together. And every now and then you get to this place where you need this Lego to go from here to here, but it doesn't, right? And so you make it and you ruin that Lego forever, but it was perfect for that point. You know, you just had to get it to fit. And you got to be careful because it'll snap off and, and it'll you know, just jump out if you don't be careful because it's on there kind of wrong. A lot of times churches treat people like Legos. Fit where we want you to fit. And instead of recognizing that people are individual and dynamic and God has gifted everyone differently, They just try and make them fit with their agenda, with their organization. And so then you have a structure that you want people to conform to. And then people come in and they might have ideas, they might be gifted in certain ways, but but it doesn't really matter because this is our agenda. And you see, what we want to do, and that's what we mean by structure must always submit to spirit. How does the spirit work? He works in and through people. Okay, the spirit of God doesn't work in the organization. Jesus doesn't fill buildings. He fills people. He doesn't inspire organizations. He inspires people. And so what Genesis looks like depends on you. Every time someone new becomes a part of our community, our image changes. You affect who we are. You are that powerful. You are that powerful. Because who you are and what God is doing in you matters. And how frustrating it is to have a desire to serve and to be a part of something that you feel important to you, but then to be told, no, you can't do that here. We don't have a place for your gift. Now, there might be the need to develop something, but what God has put in you needs to come out. You know, we we see the... The truth of this in some everyday items. You guys know what these things are, right? Who didn't know? Yeah, this Rick didn't know what this one was. This is, this is for apples. This is amazing. Okay, you put an apple down, boom. You got apple slices. Okay, it gets to the core right away. This is a cheese grater. Okay, now, hey, someone says, I need you to grate some cheese. Okay, here you go. Like, oh, oh, that's going to be rough. How, how do I do it? I need you to slice an apple. Oh, man, you know, it's going to be a mess. It's not going to work. Which one of these is more important? Which one is better? Well, we know this one's greater. <laughs> I know, that was, that was pretty cheesy. <laughs> i got a million of them (laughs) you see it depends on what you need you take the right tool to use that each one of you is gifted you're not all the same you're not all graders you're not all apple slicers some of you are blenders some of you have other abilities to do different things But you are here for a purpose. God has put within you this ability. And so as the modern church has often established programs and structures and even roles and positions before it knows who the people even are. And so what we want to do is develop as who we are. And you make up the body. In fact, we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12. Paul says, "...just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many." But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would be, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And so Paul gives us a fuller illustration about how we make up this one body. And so we see that when we talk of this idea of wood, we talk about this idea that we are alive, that we are dynamic, that we are a ministry that is working together, growing together with the individual parts. And the structure of what Genesis is will always submit to the spirit. You know, our worship and song changed when Alex came in. Right? And it's good change. I didn't tell Alex, Alex, I want you to be like this. I want you to be like our last guy who did the worship. No, I can't do that. I would stifle his ability. I would stifle the freedom. I would stifle his gifting. I don't go to Terry and say, Terry, I want you to do this. We have discussion ideas how to do things better. But oh my gosh, I don't want to take away from her. If you've ever... Been a kid in Terry's classroom, you still call her teacher Terry, right? Because she's that to you, and she brings candy, okay? <laughs> and so she she's gonna, I think, out trump everyone. Although the missions over there, Haiti and Mexico, is pretty pretty cool. She's got candy. Just saying, okay? <laughs> her life is dynamic in what she wants to take place for the kids. And there are other people who who come alongside her and say, you know, I'd love to see this happen with kids. She would love to set you free to do the things that God puts on your heart that will help develop this ministry. Same thing with Alex. You know, people come and, you know, today he was just by himself. We're trying to get a lot of things done here today. And so Alex was just by himself. But Alex has people that play bass. People who play keyboards, guitar, drums, all that. Why? Because that makes the band. We need those things for another, for one another. And so that structure needs to submit to the spirit. Think about this. What if? And I was thinking about this the other day as I was putting this talk together. I was thinking about when my kids played Pop Warner football. Pop Warner football takes place on Sundays. Right? And so I couldn't go to a lot of the games because i was at the church and i was thinking what if we wanted to reach the people who you know are there on sundays at pop warner football do we have to have church on sunday if you wanted to start something that reached the kids and their parents on pop warner football sundays do you have to make them stop so that they can join our structure what if you said you know what hey i'm not going to be here for sundays because i am starting this area of service towards the people at pop warner football and we meet on sundays that's when they meet and that's when we can get together do you see how the spirit can actually lead you to do something on a sunday even though we have made this our tradition of a day because I can remember sitting there and saying, you need to get your kids out of football because it's on Sunday. Sunday's the Lord's Day. It's like, really? When did Sunday become the Lord's Day? I know they started meeting on Sundays, but that's because they got kicked out of the synagogues on Saturday. So it used to be Saturday. Then they had to meet on Sunday. Couldn't it be Monday? Does it have to be Sunday. Is structure so strong that if the Spirit leads you to try and reach those people at Pop Warner football, you couldn't just meet them on a Sunday and bypass the Sunday? Or do you have to be here on Sunday because that's the only time God works? Just a question, just a thought. Just to help us to understand that just as sometimes we read the scripture and we see you meaning just me, sometimes we put structure there and we say this is God when it's just structure. And we must not allow that structure to stop us from living the life that reaches the world around us. And so structure always submits to spirit. When we gather together and we meet together, there, there's something that happens with people. A lot of times people will, will go to a church community and they'll go and they'll listen. I like the music, Check that gets a good point. Speaker, he was amazing, Check <laughs> that, that gets a good point oh, I like the children's ministry, phenomenal, that gets a good point. And they have their checkoff list. And if everything fits really well on that checkoff list, they they may snape. but even if everything is good on that list, there's a good chance they will leave. But when someone starts serving alongside someone else, they come alongside and they say, I'm going to help set up the chairs. I'm going to help them you know, tear down and clean up. And they start getting to know the guys and pretty soon they're going out and having you know, hamburgers afterwards and they're meeting and they're riding bikes or something or they're playing video games or whatever. They start connecting that relationship with one another. The person who has that interdependent relationship going on, those are the people who stay. And so yeah, the music, yeah, it's okay. Speaking? still amazing. Uh, the children, yeah, I like the children. You know I really don't like this. It doesn't matter the list then what matters is the relationship and they will stay because of the relationship even if the teaching stinks, even if they don't like the music. They will stay because of the relationships they have developed. That is how powerful a dynamic community is. Because that's where growth takes place. That is what we need to be a bunch of grapes. That's what needs to take place because by ourselves we will not be connected. By ourselves, we will be observers, but we won't be participating. By ourselves, we have no connection to the other branches and to the vine. And so if we leave, we lose nothing. But if we are connected to one another and you pull us apart, then we start to die because that is a source of life to us. And so our stickability is really connected. I don't think that's a word, but it is now. It's connected to each other. The people who stay a part of a church community are usually the people who serve. The people who get a lot out of a community are the people who invest in the community and in each other. And that's... Why it's so important. When we serve others, we more fully reflect the image of God and our hearts begin to resonate with the heart of God. We might never be more like God than when we're serving out of selfless motives just to give. We find that it rejuvenates us. It makes us alive. You know, the the times that I've gone out in, in different areas to do works in other countries, I've been to a few different places, but the places that have meant the most to me are the people who have meant the most to me. You know, the reason I was so drawn to La Paz is because the first time I went, there were a handful of people that stood out to me and and just captured my heart with their devotion for each other and for God. Same thing happened in Wales with some people. You see, it, it takes place when you're captured by the people, then it captures your heart. That's what happened with Denise in Haiti and Me- Mexico with Alex. It, it's something that has hold of them. You know, we go to Vizcayeno. Vizcayeno is the middle of nowhere, it really is. Twelve hours south of the border, central kind of central Baja in between the Sea of Cortez and the Pacific Ocean, just some farm workers. You drive through it in five minutes, not even, maybe two minutes, you can drive through the whole city. But we go there because there's a conference. Gabe loves the people of Vizcaino. Gabe's a rock star in (laughs) Vizcaino. He is. He lived there for a couple of years, and when we were there last time, I couldn't walk to our meeting place without some people pulling over, and I hear, Hi, Gabriel! (laughs) And then we'd get a ride to whatever. And every food place in Vizcaino knows his name. <laughs> it's true. It is. Because he's connected to the people, it connects his heart to the place. If this is going to be our home, we need to connect our hearts together in our serving one another. We need to see you as us. And when Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If we want to bear fruit, we need to see that we have to be together and that we have to work together in this way. You know, the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think we need to change that. We need to change that to if it ain't right, shouldn't we change it? Because we can go on just as things are. But if there's something that needs to happen and it's not, then we need to change it. And what Genesis looks like needs to be you. When we set up our our building place on Foothill, we didn't want it to look like just an office building, just a church building. We wanted it to look like a big living room. And so it has that feel. But then Alex said, let's get some couches. And Alex brought like a ton of couches. He's just been bringing couches. Every week, Alex brings another couch. <laughs> it's like, Where are that? oh, we got another couch. And some of them are massive. Some of them see like 20 people. I mean, they're just like huge. It's this Why? Because, hey, it's, it's our vision. We want this to be our living room. We need some more rugs. We need some more of this. We need some more people. I never want Genesis to be the kind of place where you're afraid to take someone because of what they will feel like when they get there. Have you guys ever been there? Or I don't want to bring my family to church because I don't know what the pastor's going to say. And oh, I don't know about this. This is going to rub them the wrong way. I want it to feel like your home. I want you to come here and say, this is who I am. These are my people. This is my tribe. We are together. We are a bunch. (laughs) It needs to feel like us. And so what we are doing this morning, why we've called this Connection Sunday, is these tables here are set up to let you know what things are happening that you can connect with. And connecting with something can help you connect to some other things. There are so many things we would like to do, but we need people to do it. Last week I wasn't here, and I was at a weekend called Terra Nova, Mosaic Terra Nova, and it's this incredible festival. I don't know what to call it. It's a dynamic just overwhelming the senses of creativity, where they give so many options for you to explore how God has made you creative in these ways. And so I I was a part of this creativity tour. There were people who were involved with music, songwriting, film, uh, dance, comedy, food, food, You guys know that food is a religious experience, right? You've experienced that, right? If you haven't, I'm so sorry. But they had a culinary group. And they explored just how to be gifted in this area that you love to do. My daughter got to be a part of that group. They had spoken word. Brian was a part of that group. They had acting. Joe was a part of the acting group. I know. You didn't know that about Joe. He's a thespian. He's going to forget us all when he goes and makes it big. We were joking about him. i go look for Joe. No, he's with his friends. He's there quoting Shakespeare, you know. Oh, Sam, it's good to see you again. There is something for everyone. Why? Because we're not all the same. Some of you hate studying. I don't like it much. Some of you don't like speaking in front of people, you don't play the guitar, but you think, I, okay, if I, I don't, I can't teach, I, I can't play guitar, babies freak me out, <laughs> I, what is there for me? But man, you can cook, have we got a place for you. Wouldn't it be great to have a showcase where you get to do the things you love to do for the community? And and you see, the people who cook work with other people who also have a passion for cooking. And I don't think Jesus cares so much what you do, whether you're a cook or a plumber. Just do them separate. But I think he cares about how you do what you do. Do you do it with passion? Do you do it with integrity? Do you bring the life of God with you wherever you go? And what has God given you a passion to do? And will you do that with those around you? Because we need each other. And one more minute. The hardest thing is getting along with people. I am so good when it comes to me and my relationship with God until you throw people in the mix. And then everything becomes difficult. You all have some problems, not me, right? But we recognize our problems in our interaction with each other. See, between me and my wife, in every argument we've ever had, I've always been right at the beginning, and then there comes the dialogue and the awareness. You're a jerk, Sam. You are insensitive. You were totally not paying attention. And that relationship forces me to deal with myself and the other things around you. You need each other, even those ones who grate on your nerves. I got a phone call last night, about 8 o'clock. This guy calls me up. He says, hey, Sam, it's David. Hey, David. I'm like, who are you? And he just started talking to me as if we were the best of friends. Hey, yeah, I just wanted to call, see you, how you've been. I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm like, David, 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 David. I'm thinking of my, you know, (laughs) list of dog training people that I talked to. David, I'm searching David, 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 (laughs) David, David. And all of a sudden his voice registered to me. David is a special needs young man who I knew at another church who I hadn't talked to in six years. I don't know how he had my number, but he called me as if we were best friends, started talking to me. And all of a sudden it clicked on David, I know you. And what I loved about David is he had no hesitation talking to me as if I was his best friend. And right there again, Jesus' words come to me. They always do at times like this. How you treat him is how you treat me. And I talked to David for about 45 minutes about everything. And he says, this is my new number. Just want you to know so you can give me a call. Okay, I've got it. I've got it. And, And I did. I put it in my contacts, David. And I've gotten. He goes now. Don't, don't you forget to call me? It's like, it took you six years to call me, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll call you as well. But you see, I love that he could call me and feel as if it was yesterday, even though it has been six years the people who are alongside of you, even though they're different, even though they might rub you the wrong way, they are the you that produces fruit. They are the you that are the branches. They are the you that is the light of the world. They are the you that the Lord has in mind when he says, I, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Do you include them in the hope and the promise In the building of the things around you because you need to. Let's pray. Father, it is so out of our societal character to see ourselves as inclusive instead of individuals. We are so much prompted. To think of ourselves and to fend for ourselves and to do things that are advantageous just to us that we will neglect what is needed around us just to service ourselves. And we slowly start withdrawing from society. Lord, I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to see who was outside to just get out and play. The last thing I wanted to do was be by myself, now I find myself just wanting to go home and, and seclude myself. and Lord, I need these people. I, I need people around me that the only way I, I can do effectively what is in my heart to do is with people around me. And so Lord, we ask that you would help us to be inclusive, to see our need for others, that we would recognize that we are the branches, that we are attached to the vine, and we are attached to each other, that we are to love you, Lord God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. Lord, may we connect the dots that help us to produce the fruit. May we connect ourselves to one another so we can be a healthy body. May we live lives that will be useful to you because they are with one another. We do thank you for, again, your words that speak to our souls. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.